The Dallas Cowboys winning despite losing their franchise quarterback, Dak Prescott. The Cooper Rush show continues, have now won two straight Cowboys over the Giants on Monday Night Football. The takeaways from Matt and I on today's program, a couple Hall of Famers in a non-scintillating battle of 14 to 12 over the weekend, Brady versus Rodgers. And we try to figure out why scoring is down, not only with a couple of Hall of Fame quarterbacks, but across the league on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you as always. Today's episode brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to ten times your money on your entry. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Okay, man, Monday night football, it was the Dallas Cowboys and New York Giants. The Giants do not join the ranks of the unbeaten after three weeks, so we're down to just two teams, the Eagles and the Miami Dolphins. And the Cooper Rush situation yeah, for man. the Dallas Cowboys is... It's going to be okay. Like, even if they don't win any more games until Dak comes back, to be able to do what they've done the last couple of weeks was so important for the Cowboys to stay afloat before Dak Prescott comes back off of his injury. And remember, he didn't go on to IR. So that could be as early as next week. And they think it'd probably yeah. be at most four weeks that Dak Prescott is going to lose. So good job. Stop right now. Cooper Rush turns into a pumpkin. He did his job. He did his job. Yeah, didn't turn the ball over. Pretty good efficiency. Didn't have to do a ton. Um, not playing the best team, but I think there's a lot of encouraging things on the Giants side as well. They're building something. You know, I mean, I don't think any of us thought they were a contender when they were 2-0. and Pretty evenly fought game, but I thought Dallas was a better team. Um, mostly backed on five sacks and their fantastic pass rush. They now lead the league in sacks. But some other good things that Dallas did was truly split carries between Pollard and Elliott. And I think most of us would look at the, you know, the, the sniff test and say, I'd rather play against Paul or Elliott than Pollard. Pollard's more explosive, but can Pollard really stand up to 25 carries? If they keep this ratio of almost 50, 50, they might really have something ran the ball for 176 yards. CD lamb. It doesn't matter if he's triple covered is getting, uh, is making plays. He made a phenomenal touchdown catch. The, the play after almost getting in the, you know, before, he kind of took over late. So very encouraging. Huge win for Dallas. I dug a grave for them when Dak got hurt, to be very honest, with Tyron Smith and all those things that had gone wrong for them. But they're in good shape, especially the NFC. Like They're probably better than the Saints and Cardinals and wildcard-type teams. You know what I mean? I mean, they're they're right in the hunt for a playoff spot now if Dak gets back soon. Even not, they're still probably okay. Um, Giants obviously had a lot of trouble protecting. Neil, the the right tackle, the early first-round pick, is having a trial by fire a little bit right now. Big play by Barkley. Hate to say it, but as is often the case, it looks like Sterling Shepard had another bad injury, you know. 
it, that is tough on the offensive side for the New York Giants because yeah. they're they're lacking playmakers, even though they come into the year with so many uh, players that you think it could go really well. And, you know, Kadarius Tony is not a factor. And your leading receiver is Rich James and, and Daniel Bellinger, the rookie day three yeah. tight end. And uh, Sterling Shepard just uh, can't stay on the field and can't stay healthy. Luckily, Saquon Barkley has stayed healthy for him this year and just looks like the, the dynamic player he was. And the offense is clearly running through Saquon. And, and why wouldn't it be at this point? Daniel Jones, 20 of 37, 196 yards passing, an interception, no touchdowns. So, you know, there's there's going to be growing pains here for the New York Giants, even though they got off to the 2-0 start. I think we we knew that, and, and we weren't surprised. Mm -hmm. And kind of nice for the Cowboys without Dak to be able to play some of the, some of these teams right now before Dak does come back. But um, CeeDee Lamb is the big one for me. Like, Wow, yeah. He was supposed to lead the world in targets, and he did get 12 targets in this game. He's been targeted a lot in the first couple of weeks, but hasn't really been happening for him. And you start to worry. He's like, okay, maybe is he not going to be an elite separator in the NFL? Can he not be the guy, the true wide receiver one? It was really good to see him get in the end zone and, and have some production on those 12 targets, even though it still wasn't a game-breaking game. Eight catches for 87 yards. Yeah, I don't have much more to add. Um I think it's probably pretty clear that Daniel Jones is not the long-term answer to his credit. He, he had almost 80 yards rushing. He does that well, but I also think some of those sacks and pocket presence stuff is on him. You know, he needs to recognize these things and we kind of touched on it. I mean, it never ever happens for this team, but if they could have Wondell Robinson, Tony Shepard, Bellinger looks like a keeper, your boy, James, I'm not even going to include Kenny Galladay because he's a ghost. I mean, yes. with <laughs> with Barkley, you know, you got one target, one target, right. zero catches in this game. Yeah, that, that's one of the most head scratching things we've seen. No, I'm sorry, he had three targets and zero catches in this game. So he's, he's, he's there, but um, that since he signed as a free agent and what he did before he got to the Giants and after is just insane. I, I, it he, is. He just fell off a cliff. Right. He has like no fantasy value. I mean. He's like maybe the most overpriced player in the league right now. I mean, uh, if they could trade him for anything, they should. They won't. No one will want him. You know, so he's going to get cut, I'm sure, as soon as the season ends. You know, uh, you, you mentioned Evan Neal having some rookie struggles at tackle. And mm -hmm. all he has to do is look at the guy, you know, right on the other side of tackle with the New York Giants mm -hmm. who started his career in a similar way and is one of the better ranked tackles over the course of the first few weeks of the season. Great. And so yeah it's uh it takes a while and tackles a tough position to play in the nfl especially when you got to come in as a rookie and block people like michael parsons so <laughs> right, um, right. It, it's, it's difficult so uh i think they're gonna be all right and i like what i see from the new york giants they just you know they're they're a little bit undermanned still and on offense they're gonna figure out what those you know receivers and quarterbacks are gonna look like in the future but under dable i know you know i think he's getting killed a little bit today but you know rookie learning curve for head coaches as well yeah and i wanted to mention too dexter lawrence had three of those five sacks too so it's not just parsons i mean they're they get after yeah. you absolutely so the dallas cowboys two and one new york giants two and one they're both behind the philadelphia eagles at three and oh in the nfc east Next, we're going to talk about why scoring is down so much. And one of the games that really stood out to me, and you could see it coming because of what was going on with the receiver groups for both of these teams, but when two Hall of Fame quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady square up, 
you expect more than 14 to 12 as a final score, don't you, Matt? Even if you got to right. run Cole Beasley out there who just signed a contract this week and Rashad Perryman's your, your number one receiver for Tom Brady and the Packers still trying to figure out their young group of receivers. Romeo Dove's getting involved, Dobbs, excuse me, getting involved this week. Uh, Alan Lazard, you know, still hasn't become that, that Hall of Fame receiver that, that Aaron Rodgers touted him as coming into the year, but he missed week one and, and now getting back into work and did have a touchdown catch in that game. And that was the difference that they were able to get in the end zone. And Tampa Bay was not able to get into the end zone with a, with a bunch of scoring plays. So what do you think about the Packers and the Bucks right now? Both teams at two and one. And next we'll get into why scoring was down, not only for these Hall of Fame quarterbacks, but the entire league over the first three weeks of the season. Yeah, this is, you know, the poster game for scoring being down. You know, I mean, it, there's an argument that these are the two best quarterbacks that have ever lived. You know, you wouldn't – I've heard a lot of betting experts leading up to this game going, I know the, the over-under is super low, but Rodgers and Brady are going to score points. I'm going over all day long. You know, I don't care what else happens. Well, uh, you know, there's a lot going wrong in Tampa right now. Maybe they can turn the corner, get Evans back, you know, mix in Beasley and Gage and get some more act, you know, people for Brady – you know, big picture with these teams, not really specifically to this game. I think there's a strong argument that these are the two best defenses in the league. I mean, statistically, EPA, Bucks are far away at number one. I think the Packers, talent-wise, can hang with anyone. There's first-round picks all over that side of the ball. It might take a little longer to come together, but these teams are going to have to win differently. Um, something I was researching, I don't know if we'll get to it today, maybe tomorrow, just like rushing yards per game. You know, it, neither team could run the ball in this game, but Green Bay's run the ball really well this year. Tampa's run the ball really poorly this year. And that's why I just have a much better feel about the Packers right now than I do the Bucks. But in November, Rodgers and Brady might have this figured out, figured out and look at it, look out, and they might be the best teams in the NFC on a collision course for the Super Bowl, you know, birth. Who knows? I right. Mean, yeah, that's what I look at. You know? <laughs> exactly. That's the way I look at it yeah. with both these teams, the Packers and Bucks. They're going to be okay. They're going to figure things out as they go and mm -hmm. look out in December. It, it, they might even have juggernaut offenses again that, that you would expect under those quarterbacks because, you know, right. whatever can be fil facilitated with, by those guys, that's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, it's going to get better, you know, which leads us to our next conversation. Yeah. Why is scoring down around the NFL and what to expect in the coming weeks as far as that goes and some of the quarterback play we've seen? So far through three weeks of the NFL season next. But first, we got to talk about our friends at Prize Picks. Daily fantasy made easy. And you might have made a little money on Monday Night Football if you took the lesser of the quarterback projections from these two uh, teams with the New York Giants and the Dallas Cowboys. All you do with Prize Picks, super easy. You pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. So there's no sharks like some fantasy sports apps where you're playing a huge pool of people and there's a bunch of professionals in there and, and just taking everybody's money. No, it's just you versus those projections available at prize picks and not just NFL projections either. Any sport you watch, you name it, NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, golf, tennis, college sports, eSports. Motorsports, disc golf is even part of it, uh, cricket, whatever it is that you like to watch and you think you have an edge on, you can find those prize pick projections. Entries are super easy, can may it be made in 60 seconds or less. Safe and fast withdrawals as well of those winnings that you make and 
Prize Picks currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with our promo code locked on. If you deposit 100, Prize Picks will give you 100 more to play with. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks will give you 50. Don't forget, enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Why Matt is scoring down throughout the entire league right now. You look at Brady versus Rodgers. We watched Monday Night Football in prime time that was, you know, not uh, a shootout by any means. Sunday Night Football, even less. And you got guys like Russell Wilson out there in in a Kyle Shanahan offense with their quarterback, Jimmy G, who's been around forever in that offense now. It's not like the growing pains of the rookie Trey Lance to expect super low scoring games. Um, he took him to a Super Bowl. He took him to an NFC Championship game. You've got an 11 to 10 score. I mean, that's uh, that's Colorado Rockies against San Francisco Giants score in, <laughs> in some right. So 11 to 10 there. Uh, looking at some of the other low scores around the league we've seen for the first couple of weeks, and, and even games where you expect people to go off and they don't. And Carson Wentz and the Commanders can only uh, muster eight points in the fourth quarter against the Eagles, who went easily uh, 24 to eight last week. We didn't talk a lot about that game because it was such a, an easy win for the Eagles, who went up early and just stayed on top and are now three and zero in the NFC. But man, the New Orleans Saints can't muster any offense. It, it, it's not just uh, you know one a couple of teams that are dealing with banged up receiving cores. Scoring is down throughout the league. Yes. So. Here's why we're talking about this is I write a one weekly article um, for DK Pittsburgh sports local, really good site here in town. Um, It's worked out really well for me. And I've been writing a lot about why the Steeler offense stinks, you know, I mean, and I'm like, and to pull back the curtain, I love a lot of my contemporaries here in Pittsburgh, the local um, people that cover the team and they're a good group of guys. But I will say about my hometown, they know less about the other 31 teams than maybe any city in America. I mean, everything's just the Steelers are the worst at this. And, and one thing I think I bring to the, cont- the table a little bit is a little bit of context. So I'm sitting here thinking, going, yeah, the Steelers' offense is bad. I'm not trying to defend it. But it sure seems like all my fantasy teams are scoring low. For, you know, Fantasy output is low. Scoring across the league is low. Let me look into this. So... I turned this in as the Monday night game was going on and that didn't change anything because that was a 23 to 17 game, but there were 17 teams that were averaging 20 points per game or less this year through three games. So that's more than half the league is not able to get past 20 points per game. And that includes defensive scores, special team scores. So I looked at it. I'm like, well, what was last year? Well, there was only 10 franchises that were in that mold last year that couldn't get past 20 points a game. 10 out of 32. Right now, there's 17. The year before that, there was only four teams. And this is when the season ends. You know, that 2020, only four teams couldn't get to 20 points a game. And that's a little bit of an odd year with COVID. But still, I mean, scoring is clearly down compared to the last couple, you know, last couple years. And then I took it a step further to really enhance my point. And, you know, this is kind of what you said was this past week, I looked at like eight of the best quarterbacks in the league, Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, Stafford, Murray, Rogers, Brady, and Wilson. And the, those eight offenses just this past week 
averaged 14.4 points per game. You know, like I, I frame it in the article of, you think Trubisky's bad? Well, look at Mahomes and Allen. You know what I mean? Like, obviously a Steelers spin on it. Right. But I think there's a lot of reasons for it, too. And, yeah, I've, I've, gone through, I've gone through the exact same thing, trying to talk people off a ledge with the 49ers loss on Sunday Night Football. It's like, the guy on the other side, Russell Wilson, I think most it's people are a better quarterback. That hasn't looked good either for three weeks. And, <laughs> right. and so the 49ers aren't the only team dealing with some, some funky offensive business right now. And have teams really started to figure out how to uh, defend the, the modern pass game in the NFL? Because not only are, is scoring down versus what's going on in the last few years, the scoring is trending up league-wide, right? So you mm-hmm. would think so it's even more of a of a of a – surprise with how low scoring is because of where the league is going and how much teams are throwing the football. And so that kind of leads to the other thing that we had was, was the, you know, the rushing statistics going on in the league. Some teams aren't being able to run the ball. Is it because there's not been a focus put on running the ball and are the teams that are going to figure out how to run the ball in the end going to be the teams that are winning or are these offense going to start figuring out and exploiting holes on some of the defenses around the league? There's a lot of questions on how it's going to get better, but scoring has got to go up, right? Oh, I think, I mean, history shows scoring is going up. That's how I end the article. Like, Steeler fans, most of these teams are going to get better. It may or may not be yours. But, you know, I mean, you know, so, uh, you know, your Niners have O-line issues right now. And Trent Williams is out. Oh, no. You know, I mean, my Steelers have quarterback coordinator issues. Oh, no. But there's 20 teams across the league where you can point to things. I have some theories. Um, First of all, I think not playing your guys in preseason – hurts this early in the year you know continuity practice reps game reps are unbelievably important for offensive lines both in protection and do I pass this guy off or the run game I'm going to double this nose but how long do I hold it with my buddy till I move to the linebacker Um, you know just a lot of communication things and passing games you know the Peyton Manning precision passes to Marvin Harrison don't happen overnight you know what I mean where the athletes on defense right now, the size speed athletes on defense are winning through three weeks because they're just more gifted human beings, in my opinion. I mean, the offense to me takes time. Yeah, and, and it's easier. I mean, you look at what a defensive playbook is versus what an offensive playbook is. It's easier to have timing and rhythm on defense because, you know, there's so few calls. You know what your shell defense is going to be. And, you know, mm-hmm. when the coverage shifts, there's only a certain amount of coverages that you can play. Right. And it can get sort of, you know, convoluted and you can have uh, late shifts and, and tons of things to to sort of hide what your coverage is in a lot of different looks and, and a lot of different blitz packages and everything like that. But it's so much easier for a defense to come together and play together than it is for an offense to come together and play together, especially yeah. with a lack of, of preseason and getting that timing down with your teammates. So that's gotta be a big part of it, especially early, early, like week one, we saw some teams come out that, and almost all the teams that didn't play their guys in the preseason look pretty bad in week one. So right, we, might, right. we might still be seeing an extended preseason in some ways for some offenses. So my other theory, which leads to our next topic of conversation is rushing yards per game is without question. The biggest trend in defensive football right now is no explosive plays. And you see it, you know, in in massive doses to the chiefs, the bills. I mean, the, the, the teams that play Allen and Mahomes burrows going through some struggles now because they are not giving him single high, you know, everyone wants to take away the big play 
make quarterbacks nickel and dime you down the field, lighter boxes, defending the run with, you know, one less guy. All those things are very in vogue right now. And I think some of the offenses not only are struggling with continuity and chemistry and all those type of things, timing, I think they're a little analytically driven saying, well, passing analytics say passing is the key. I'm going to keep throwing the football. You know, I'm not, why would I run against these light boxes when I only get four or five yards of carry? I'm going to keep throwing where there might be a study after the year or a year or two from now saying there isn't a right way to move the ball. It's take what the defense gives you. And, you know, that leads us to this rushing conversation. Yeah, or it, there might be a breaking point in if you right. throw the ball a certain amount and you're not working on the run game, you become too one-dimensional. And that's a big thing that a defense is trying to do to an offense, right? You want your team to get right. a lead so you can make that offense one-dimensional. They're only passing the ball. You know how to defend that. There's no change-ups coming. You can go rush the quarterback. You can pin your ears back. And so if if a team becomes too one-dimensional, that probably ends up hurting them. Even if they're one-dimension, the analytics say that's the better way to play and that's the better way to score points. Right now, so far through three weeks, we're not seeing it. Right, 100%. So I'm sure it'll come. You know, the guys will get in better game shape. There'll be better continuity on offenses. I absolutely don't think that – you know, half the league will, won't be able to get to 20 points. I mean, I don't believe that at all. They'll probably be single-digit teams averaging under 20 points a game. Um, and, and so, but in the meantime, I think it's really interesting which teams are running the ball, not even efficiently per carry. I'm just talking about volume per game, you know, racking up rushing yards over the course of a game or vice versa, just not, do, not you know, accumulating anything on the ground. All right, let's get into that next. Yeah, uh, yeah. What, what's going on with the running games right now in the NFL and, and how that's tied in with some wins and losses, too, for some teams that are able to compete, maybe that aren't throwing six touchdown passes in a game like the Miami Dolphins did in week two. I do want to thank everybody once again, though, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And make sure you're checking out for your second listen everything else the Locked On Podcast Network has to offer. Remember, your team is covered daily right here no matter the sport your nfl team absolutely is covered i host locked on 49ers on the locked on podcast network major league baseball college sports uh you name it it is covered right here at locked on so what's going on with the, the running games in the nfl we know things are trending toward passing but there are still some teams that are running the ball and at least trying to run the ball. And I think mm -hmm. for a team like the Chicago Bears is the one that stands out to me, Matt, seeing how they are right now at two and one and they got no passing game. Uh, it's looking like a disaster there, but they're playing a little bit of defense. And we saw Khalil Herbert have a breakout game with David Montgomery, who's day to day. He's got a knee and an ankle he's working with, by the way, hit the waiver wire hard for Khalil, uh, Khalil Herbert right, in your oh, yeah. fantasy leagues. If he's still available, um, he looked dynamic out there and Chicago's just running the heck out of the ball and it's leveling the playing field for a team that's a little bit undermanned versus some of the other talent, talented rosters in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, like you look at the top rushing teams in the league, you know, I, we referenced Green Bay versus Tampa. Well, Green Bay's running for 127 yards a game. Tampa Bay is at 86, you know, like they're figuring out things with their passing game. But I think your point is, is even more prudent here in that a couple teams at the top of the rushing yards per game are Chicago. It's two, the giants at four Atlanta at five. Like if I told you before the season that those three were going to have the first three picks in the draft, 
I don't think anybody would bat an eye. You know, the, <laughs> we looked at the Bears in Atlanta like these guys have nothing. And we just talked about the Giants. Boy, they got a lot of work to do. But the, the fact that they're generating so many rushing yards, the Bears and Giants have winning records. Atlanta has been extremely competitive that I didn't see coming at all. And I think we can attribute it to the run game, you know, that they're able to at least control the flow, generate consistent yardage, shorten the game. Like I always use this example, like fight a three point contest against LeBron. Of course I would lose. But if it was to, if, if the, the winner was the first one to hit a three, as opposed to the first one to score a hundred points, I might win. So Atlanta, Detroit, or Atlanta, Chicago, the Giants, if they can shorten the game and just be in it in the end with their talent level, that's a win to me. You know, like I, I think the Bears, Giants, and Atlanta have had successful seasons from where my expectations were. And, and the number one team running the ball right now in the NFL is right. the Cleveland Browns. And that was a team that we kind of all wrote off because they were going to play their backup quarterback in Jacoby Brissett. And that hasn't been the case. They've been able to play complimentary football through the first three weeks. And they're sitting at the top of the AFC North right now at two and one, which a lot of people did not expect. And they're running the ball as good as anybody. And of course that's what you would have expected, at least from the Browns is that was going to be what was featured. You've got, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, obviously, and you're trying mm -hmm. to win some games until your your franchise quarterback that you spent so much to get is ready to go. But Jacoby Brissett not making mistakes. They're running the football, playing a little bit of defense, and lo and behold, Cleveland Browns are two and one. Yeah, yeah, we talked about Dallas to open the show. Well, they're eleventh, you know, in, in rushing yards, and I bring up Dallas because both these teams are just trying to, you know, keep your head above water until your star quarterback comes back. Of course, Deshaun Watson. Well, the Browns have a much longer wait, of course, but they're winning games. They're the best running team in the league. Like, I think that's extremely encouraging for Cleveland. Like, of course, everyone's trying to stop the run against the Browns and it isn't happening, you know? So they're doing, they're imposing their will despite everyone in the world knowing what they're going to do. Um, I think the Lions are also interesting. I, I didn't lump the Lions with Atlanta Giants and Chicago because I think they're just a much better team than those guys. But they've been a bottom feeder for years, and they're third in the league in rushing. You know, like, I, I think some of these teams are, have figured something out at least early in the season. And then I also think these teams are noteworthy, too. Six, seven, and eight in rushing yards per game are your Niners, the Eagles, and the Ravens. And – they always are, you know, I mean, Hertz and Lamar are going to accumulate so many rushing yards. You know, your Niners are going to be strong too. Some teams zigging while other teams are zagging and mm -hmm. you see some new coaches that know they're undermanned. They're not going to go out there and try to try to swing with you because they're going to get out punched. Right. So level the playing field with some, with some running game there, but it, then it also goes back to your point about, okay, scoring's down for the first few, few weeks. Some teams are chippy. Some teams are, are competing. Um, then all of a sudden things start to normalize. Some some offenses right. get loose, figure things out. And then are those teams going to just get surpassed right back? And we're going to see the the Mahomeses and the and the Allens and and some of these high flying offense with big time quarterbacks, uh, Brady and Rogers figure it out. And all of a sudden they're all just going to go past all of these other teams. And 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 the scoring is going to be um, what ends up doing some of these teams in that are trying to run the ball. Or do you think these teams can? keep chipping away and be more competitive through 17 games like they have through three games. I think Cleveland and Detroit can keep their head above water. You know what I mean? Like I think they can sustain this formula. They both have great offensive lines. Um, but to your point too, 
if I'm the head coach, why would I ask Brissett, Fields, Goff, Jones, and Mariota to carry my team? Well, those are the top five rushing teams in the league. You know, it adds up and it's working. Yes. I think it's interesting that the bottom teams, though, too. I mean, the bottom five teams in rushing are the Chargers, Miami. They're a little bit different. The Rams, Seattle, and Vegas, and Houston, the Jets, and some bad teams. But the fact that the Chargers are only running for 59 yards a game is very worrisome to me. Like, they do not have that foundation. I think the Rams are in that boat, too. I think Vegas is in that boat. And by no means am I detracting from Miami because what they did to Buffalo in their season has been remarkable. But I hope they have a run game because at some point you're going to need to close out teams. You know, like if you're going to be a true uh, you know, contender in this league, you get the early lead and then you run, run the ball. They haven't shown they can do that yet. Yeah, the Rams and Chargers, both of those L.A. teams, that that, that worries me both those teams. And I thought I've seen a lot more. And you got your banged up quarterback now if you're the, right. the Chargers. You need to be able to banged lean up on line some too. semblance of a running game. Um, I'm looking at Seattle and Pittsburgh, who are in the bottom third here for rushing teams so far in the NFL. And that's their identity, too. So they've got to get that right. going if they want any hope because they, they want to be one of the top 10 teams in rushing yards in the NFL, especially what they've I mean, got going on with their quarterback situations. Considering their quarterbacks, maybe they should be in the Bears-Giants conversation of just mm -hmm. run it like crazy, even if it's not working, rack it up and see how it goes in the end, you know? Yeah, body blows and hope you can beat yeah, a team yeah. in the fourth quarter. Uh, and, the, and another outlier that really stands out to me is the, the second-worst rushing team in the NFL so far, uh, 64 yards per game, the Miami Dolphins. And this yeah. is Mike Daniel coming from the Shanahan run game. He was the run game coordinator, and they're just all pass right now. And it's, it's got them to 3-0, and so they're kind of yeah. bucking the whole trend of everything. Yeah, they are. They're a little different. They're choosing to pass. It's not that they can't run. They, they're throwing a very high percentage of the time. I just want to see if it's there or not. We don't know. We will see how those offenses respond week four and beyond in the NFL. And, of course, Matt and I will have you covered every single day of it right here on Peacock and Williamson.